Have you met the uh, Mike Bone yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah. He's a nice guy. He's a really good guy. Yeah. He's very smart. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to offer him a job as uh, maybe president of one of my labels or uh -huh. EMI or something like that. But he had a deal, as you know, with Electra Records. Right. And I had just taken from the Warner group a guy named David Berman, who was the number two guy at Warner's. Mm -hmm. And I didn't dare go back to this place uh -huh. and ask him for somebody else, you right, know, right. At, at this stage of the game. So, uh, but he, he'll be very good. And I'm going to see Chris and Mike Bone in, in Washington on Tuesday. We have a RIAA banquet right. and we have a meeting on Wednesday morning. So That's good. We'll tell them I said, I hey. I should tell them you're working hard, not wasting any no. of the money. <laughs> Pat, the, the, what, what, when we discovered Pat Benatar all of a sudden mm -hmm. upon us in 1979, mm -hmm. 1980, it was this, this beautiful young lady, uh, very petite, but very sexy, coming on with this image and, and tough. Was the image contrived? How, how did you get to that point? I mean, did you decide one day that's what I'm going to be? I don't know. I guess, no. I mean, it was something that took, I mean, it's not what I do every day, yeah. <laughs> but it's another, I guess, part of my personality, and I need it to go on stage. I can't go on stage as Pat Giraldo, yeah. you know, so um, I just uh, kind of, over the years, conjured her up, and um, I don't know, it, it just helped me to really once I found out this character that I really like to play all the time, it just helped me to, um, you know, get over like, you know, lack of confidence or being, you know, being nervous and things. I mean, she was so invulnerable, you know, so it was my ace in the hole. So I just, you know, I started to use her more often whenever I needed her. So, and then, you know, eventually they, the two people became one, so. Well, I've, I've interviewed people like Al Green or Teddy Prendergast and Isaac Hayes. Well, people who are sex symbols mm -hmm. and uh, the difficulty of separating reality from mm -hmm. the figure uh, for a woman it must have been even tougher wasn't it no, no because I don't think it, I don't think it's that much of a problem I mean yeah. I never considered that character to be that in the first place it was yeah. I mean not not meaning to sound naive like I didn't know what I was doing I did but I always what was always in the back of my mind was um, extreme strength and uh, and self-assuredness that was coming out. It wasn't exactly sexy to me, but it came across as, I guess when that kind of attitude came across, it seemed, you know, sexy, I guess. I don't know, but I mean, I don't act like that in real life, so it's hard for me to think of myself ever like that. I don't, because, you know, it's just silly. But, I mean, she's a lot of fun, though, so. And then when I saw videotapes of myself doing it, then I realized, well, I guess it, it, something to it, I guess, you know. They must be right, you know. I guess it is a little sexy, but I mean... It was uncomfortable, and it's always, it's still uncomfortable, and I, I tend to shy away from it a little bit now, too. It's just I've grown out of it. I don't need it anymore, you know? I don't really need it, so I don't really use it too much now, you know? What, how would you characterize yourself before you started singing? A shy girl, nervous girl? Well, I mean, I was always a little wild, but I still was shy. I mean, I, I lived a very sheltered life. I grew up on Long Island and came from a very small town, and, I mean, the most education I got was when I... I mean, I got married really young. I got married at 19 the first time, and I mean, I didn't know anything, you know, and I just, uh, my husband at the time got drafted, so we got put into that whole scene. And, and then when I came back to New York in 75, back to Manhattan, that's, I think, when I really got the education. Because <laughs> up to that point, I didn't really have an idea of the real world up to then. I was already, by that time, 22, 23, so. You know, that was a little late to get an education, but um, it was fast and furious. <laughs> in 75, were there some 
who were some role models for you in as in, in pop music? Was it Linda? Was it somebody else? Well, no. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I love Linda's voice, and I think she's really wonderful. But um, I mean, her image and what she was singing about wasn't anything that I was real interested in. I was mostly listening to, you know, male dominated groups at the time, and there weren't a lot of women out there doing what I liked and stuff like that. So I really was, you know, listening to. I mean, growing up, listening to the Stones and everything, and, and Zeppelin and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I mean, there weren't, there wasn't really any female figure that I was looking to to emulate. I was just, I was just going, you know, taking a shot in the dark. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was just trying to um, find a way to do this without looking stupid and without um, being victimized at the same time because that was a big problem in, in '75. I mean, I had billions of people telling me, "Why, why are you doing this? I mean, this is, this is no place for you." And you know, look at how you look, and you're. You have a pug nose, and you know, <laughs> and um, you know, Janis Joplin died. Isn't that enough? I mean, come on, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, it was hard. I mean, it was hard to get started, and it was hard to get anybody to buy what you were doing. I don't mean buy, you know, physically buy, yeah, but to I believe you that you knew what you wanted and stuff. And they were just, you know, I think I act, and I actually did a lot of um, the macho stance that I did because I really didn't know what else to, how else to do it. You know, I didn't really ever see anybody else do it any other way, so <laughs> I was kind of looking, and it was protection so that I wouldn't uh, be, uh, you know, hurt by what people said or did or anything like that. It, it, it was a nice wall to put up while I was, it, you know, testing the waters, too. So. What was the reaction to it from audiences or people? It, well, at first out? it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't, um, I lo at first it was a, a curiosity. People would come to see this. You know, tough girl saying yeah. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing, and how what I was wearing and that kind of silliness, and did I have eyeliner on that night, and what color was it? You know that kind of stuff. Um, but thankfully, I guess whenever the minute that anybody ever heard me open my mouth, they paid more attention to that. I mean, regardless of how I ever looked or acted, the most dazzling thing about what I do is my voice. You know, I could be you know maimed and <laughs> I still could sing. You know, so. Did you ever have any training for that, or is yeah, I trained, but not for rock and roll. I no, trained for, trained for rock and roll. yeah, I trained for uh, you know lots of yeah. a lot of years um, to go to Juilliard. I studied to prepare for that to study to sing classical music. So. Well, I had I was running Electra Records at the time, and I had I had uh, Linda, I had Joni Mitchell, Carly Simon, mm -hmm. and Judy Collins, all of whom had a a separate way to go, right. and uh, you didn't. You weren't on any of those paths no. <laughs> uh, whatsoever, and, and as I say, you came along. What differentiated you from Janice, uh, first of all, was a lifestyle, but, mm -hmm. but you, were, you were cute and you were mm -hmm. attractive. Uh, the, we could never confuse Janet mm -hmm. with that at all, and Janice was gone for quite a while anyhow yeah. by the time. Uh, but I mean, people were around. I mean, Grace Slick was around. There were a yeah. lot of people, you know, fronting bands, but... It still wasn't. It still wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to be Robert Plant. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to be. Do you think you started anything? Do you think anybody came after you? I don't know. In retrospect, I suppose. But I mean, I don't know that. I mean, I can't really. When everyone asks that all the time, do you yeah. think that you paved the way? And all that? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that's for me to say yeah. if I did or not. But I mean, I. It doesn't feel like that. And when I think about. Um, that there, I mean, even though women weren't singing exactly the kind of things that I was singing, the kind of attitude that I was having, there were still women fronting bands and, you know, still having to take all the uh, 
the responsibility of the business end of it and everything. So I mean, it it doesn't seem fair to me, fair for me to say that yeah I did because I, I don't think I really did. No, it's hard to say that yeah. I, I did this. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I just wonder if it got any easier. I I know that, you know that some people did make things easier for other people. Mm -hmm. You know, somewhere along the line, some mm -hmm. black artists who got on pop charts and battled it out. I mean, I'm did. sure that girls younger yeah. than myself. Yeah then had somebody to look up, you know, at and say, oh, I could do this, that kind of thing, maybe when somebody wasn't doing that. In that respect, maybe, yeah, but that's, that's really bad at all. When, um, when you would go out and work uh, after things started to happen, uh, were you reasonably insulated from the crowd so that you didn't get the, what might be a reaction from people out on the road, guys coming after you, things like that? Well, I mean, you're real, you're real, always insulated backstage I mean yeah. you know it's a real it's a closed situation and it's you know that kind of thing um, but I wasn't insulated from when I was out there I mean yeah. it was wow they were nuts you know <laughs> it was craziness and it was a lot of fun and uh, how'd you feel when, uh, with, when you elicited that kind of response well it wasn't only men you see it wasn't just boys and, and, and guys I mean it, at first I have to say at first for the first few months it was but I think that's just because everybody was trying to see what this was about but I most, I mean, my audience has always really been um, 60, 40 females. So um, it was great. I mean, it was great to have girls out there, you know, putting their fists up every time you said something that they could dig, you know, that kind of thing. That was a great thing. And, um, you know, I, was, I had met Neil just at the onset of this. So I was never really interested in those guys. Yeah. I mean, it had just coincided that I met him when... He came into the band, and that's when everything started to go. So I was already in love, so I didn't really, yeah. you know, it was nice, but I wasn't, like, going wild about how people were looking at me or anything. What the male sex symbols said is they, they sometimes felt really threatened by it. Uh, you know, some girl would tell her husband or oh, boyfriend yeah. that she did. They were afraid they were going to get shot. Yeah, so they always, so we yeah. don't have that kind yeah. of problem, no, you know. Uh, in, a, in a career, uh, forget, forget the, uh, the image you project, do you think it's more difficult for a woman to get started as a as a pop rock act? I don't think so. Not anymore today. I don't think so. If you have a half a brain and you know what you want and you just stick by it and don't uh, let yourself be led, I don't think so. I don't think there's a problem anymore. How about then, on the other hand, of sustaining success? Uh, well, sustaining success is hard for anybody, hard for anybody male yeah. or female. But is it any harder for a woman? I, I, is, is, is physical... Uh, attractiveness may be uh, overemphasized in people. Uh, well, I think if you base your career on physical properties, you know, and not on music and not on, you know, whatever else you do, playing or singing or writing, whatever, um, I think, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big pitfall because then you're so, you know, the only thing you're really selling to them is how you look mm -hmm. and eventually you're not going to look the same way you looked. Yeah. So I imagine that would be a problem. But um, I don't ever look at it, I don't ever think of it like that. You know, I never, it, what, no matter what it was projected, in my mind, that wasn't the most important thing. I didn't, I wasn't that interested in how I looked. And as a matter of fact, it, it became so obsessive with everyone that I just instantly recoiled back and I stopped. As soon as it had begun, I was already stopping it, but it took years down the line for the record company to stop and um, news media and all that stuff to stop portraying it as that. And I had already backed off and changed the way I dressed and changed the way I acted and you know, instantly because it's it's really kind of overwhelming. It's not. I mean, there's some people that really enjoy that kind of thing, and then there's some people that I was like a little 
confused and uncomfortable with it. I didn't love it. <laughs> so, and I still don't love it very much now. So, How well did, do you think you dealt with success as, as a whole? Uh, was it difficult? Success wasn't a problem. I mean, yeah. you know, it was something I had wanted my whole life. I, I didn't know if I, I didn't exactly know I was going to um, sing and do that, but I had always wanted, I mean, I, if it was, you know, brain surgery, whatever, I wanted to be, you know, some kind of an expert in that. I wanted to do something and be, you know, famous and that kind of thing so I had always wanted it so I mean that part was very pleasurable it wasn't uh, that wasn't hard to deal with and I had you know I have a very close family and I'm a lot of really good friends so that really helps you make the transition you know the hardest thing for me was the public reaction and not ha and not being private losing an anonymity was really that was the hardest thing I had to deal with I couldn't understand how come I couldn't go to like McDonald's and you know and stuff and have people jumping all over you and that was hard because I'm not really that outgoing with you know people I don't know so it was I didn't like that too much but you know you get used to it and it's now it's I'm not it's not a bad thing now to me you know, it's just part of what I do so uh, you, you develop a lifestyle that kind of uh, removes you from some of those situations yeah a little bit I mean I you know with my daughter now I, I was determined that if she wants to go to McDonald's land I'm yeah. taking her I don't care what happens so you know you go there enough times people are used to you then you know you work it out you just I have to have a normal life not normal but just I have to have parts of my life that are like like everybody else's. That's real important to me. I can't live in like a an ivory tower. It makes me that makes me nervous. I don't belong there. I'm, I grew up too uh, too middle class and everything like that, and it's hard for me to get away from those kind of. It, it's uh, you know we live in a city here that. Imagine if it's hard for you what it is for Sylvester Stallone, oh, yes, like yeah. that. which is why they create places like Spago and Morton's where, right, mm -hmm. where the, the watering holes where right, sure. everybody goes. Mm -hmm. uh, have you in the last couple of years been out working very much? Have you been touring at well, all? Well, I did. Uh, it's a lot more difficult now with the baby yeah. and stuff. I mean, I take a lot more time between records and a lot more time between touring because I really want to spend time with Haley. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, it's it's. I can't believe it's almost been two years since we toured again. You know, I keep trying to get out there sooner, but it's just it's a little more difficult to make records and to find the time to, to structure tours and get things together. And you know, it just takes longer. I mean, there's always distractions now. So. How much input do you have on your records? I have all the input. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you write songs? Yeah. Do, you write, do you write all your songs? No, no, no. but my husband. I mean, but Neil, yeah. and I mean, the band writes most of the songs we do about two or three outside songs on a record each time. But I mean, Neil produces the records. So it's a really, a, it's a, it's an, you know, it's really an internal kind of unit. Everybody is, works just us together. You know, it's not like having a lot of outside people working in there, so. What do you look for in, in terms of, are you, are you looking to diversify what you do musically? Is it hard to stretch out and leave? Uh, oh no, uh -uh. after we did Battlefield, then it got real easy. Up to that point I'd say, yeah, I was a little scared that if I changed it, that people would hate it and what would I do and that kind of thing. But after we did Battlefield and that was kind of removed from what we did and everybody really, I think, liked it better. And we belong. Uh, yeah, the, so, the, 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 no, I don't ever think about it like that. You know, you can't, I don't think you can do that. I mean, um, I mean I'd like to have number one records all the time. I know how to do them. I don't want to do them. <laughs> if, I get, if I can do what I want to do and it becomes a number one record, that's okay. But I don't want to do what I know will work just to have it because I can't. It's not, it's, there's no point. You should go do something else then or, you know, <laughs> I don't know what else, but if that's why you do it, you should go do something else. Well, that's very much, you, uh, know? you know, one of my best friends in this business has been Linda Reinstadt. Mm -hmm. She made records and I've known her for 17 years. 
she obviously was of the same mind. Yeah. That, uh, she wanted to do something else, sure. and uh, she would take the risk and, yeah. and do that. And, she, and you know, sometimes it works, and luckily for her, it did. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I really, I think it was great. I mean, I was yeah. so glad for her because you know, you should be able to do what you want. You shouldn't be locked in a box and dictated to by whoever it is that dictates those things. You should be. I mean, you're supposed to be an artist, and you're supposed to be able to do what you want. You always also, also appeared. You know, I don't, I don't know you, but really in charge of your career too. Uh, I, I don't. Not know. all the time. I try. You tried, but <laughs> I tried. But I Really was not going to be manipulated. So yeah. really. You feel strongly about that? I do, but I mean, it's not always. Uh, I mean, there were times in the early days when I, I mean, I was absolutely manipulated. They frightened me into things, and you know, bullied me into things, and. Uh, I mean, like what, what kind of things did you have to oh, do? Oh, just them? album cover artwork. And you know, things yeah. I didn't want. I mean, it was, you know, silly stuff. That, because yeah. they were panicking and they thought if I didn't look like this, that people wouldn't like it and that kind of thing. So, and, you know, being so naive and just being so, you know, just, it, it all happened very fast. And I didn't ever have time to, like, catch up in the beginning. I was just kind of running behind it when it first started. And that's when they really took advantage of it, was those for that first year, you know. Uh, but after that, once I once we did Crimes of Passion, that was it. I said, okay, this is it, you know. So, was there a a, a time? Do you think you're singing better now? Uh, how, how do you feel that progresses? I think probably yeah, only because um, just of uh, the law of of uh, maturity of your voice. I think it just it gets better. I think as you get older, my voice has definitely changed, and I've I've learned so much more. And now I'm so you know I have a high confidence level as opposed to in the beginning when I was like really you know nervous and so now you try more things because you're not afraid you know the fear will stop you from trying things so this way when you uh, when you know that it and I don't place that much importance on it not and I don't mean to say that it isn't important because it is it's very important to me um, my career and everything but um, not the aspects of the career that maybe some people would think would be important you know it's more important to me to make um, better records all the time and sing and try to find other ways to sing that are better or more interesting and things like that and I got you know, I mean you know you you make all your your serious money in the beginning it lasts you for a lifetime and it, it's not and if you don't become and you know if you don't get married to it you can have a, a better perspective you know if you live for it and you can't live without it I don't think that that would bother me much if I had to live without it. So I'd rather take the chances and possibly live without it for a while, and that would be fine. You know, so. Well, the dichotomy of what you're trying to do now, too, is A, you live a nice suburban life with a baby and mm -hmm. your mother and your wife and your all that, and now you are really going back into it. Mm -hmm. uh, is then, and when's the last album you made? Was that a couple of years ago? Too? It was two, it'll be two years two ago. Two years ago, mm -hmm. too. So here you are now in the process of making a record, mm -hmm. preparing a tour. Is it, is it going to be... It's going to be a lot different, isn't it? It's just funny. I mean, yeah. I could write a book with Irma Bombeck Bomb now. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's it's great stories. Like, you're, you know, you're getting ready to go, and you're all dressed, and you've got your black clothes, and your baby throws up, and you don't know it, and you're, like, being real cool. And, you know, yeah. you're being Pat Benatar in front of all these people, and then you notice you've got, like, baby throw up on your clothes. <laughs> this is great, you know. Or, or you people keep asking me, so, like, do you like going out and stuff? Like, that? I go, yeah, I can't stay up that late, okay, because Bert and Ernie come on real early, yeah. and you got to get up, and, you know. But it's really fun. I mean, it's wildness all the time. It's a great melding of two lifestyles, you know, and it's really a lot of... Fun. Nothing ever gets too serious. I mean, you can't take either thing. You can't get freaked out like, you know, like, 
too serious about, oh, child rearing, am I doing this? I mean, you don't have time to be worrying about this. You got to do the best you can and hope everybody eats at the right time. And we have clean clothes on. She got her bath. She going. Is everything cool? And at the same time, you can't be like, oh, is this vocal exactly right? Because you've only got a few hours to do it. And next thing you know, somebody needs you inside to do something for them. So, but it's great because it really takes all that, um, that, I don't know what the word the is. Angst out of yeah, I mean that thing that that anxiety yeah. part of what you do, it's gone. You don't have time for that anymore. So it makes everything so much more relaxed. Well, a, a question about that too is, uh, admittedly now you're financially fixed. Admittedly, you have now carved out a notch. Uh, is it as important? I mean, is are you going to be as motivated and as driven now to? I don't think that ever changes. I mean, I can understand why it changes with some people, but we don't live a real high-style lifestyle. <laughs> I don't think we, like, realize that we did it, you know what I mean? So, oh, we yeah. keep trying to Is do it, right? yeah. You it, it's still, no, I mean, I drive, like, a say, Chevy van, you know, yeah, I mean, we just not, part. like, yeah. we don't, li we live in a little house. I mean, it's yeah. not, we're not into that whole thing that I guess some people get into. So, to us, it's not really much different, and um, as soon as one record's over, it's like it never existed to me. It's always like starting over from zero. And so I just always feel like I have to do it again, and I never ever get that uh, sit on your ass feeling like you could hang out and leave it. You know what I mean? Because I always feel like if you just turn your back for a minute, someone will take it away. So you better watch what you're doing. And at the same time, the great thing is that I'm not so worried about it. Someone taking it, but that's not like a problem anymore for me. Is I mean, it's very well possibly can happen, but I don't think about it anymore. Now I just really only have time to concentrate on doing it. You know, getting them records done and singing, getting the songs written. I mean, Myron, my drummer, who is the primary lyricist in the band, is always saying, did you get those lyrics? And I go, when would you like me to do this? Between dinner and putting the baby to bed? Or would you like me to wait till after the baby goes to bed? And then I have to do this and this and this, you know? So you're always trying to squeeze, you know, a 76-hour day in, so you don't have time it's to... It's better now, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, this is much better. It's much better, because it's just... You know, it's just like real living now. There's you know? dimensions to your life. Yeah, but, uh, it's great. It's uh, you're not so worried about one, you know, you're not so uh, one-dimensional focus, like you know. So. Well, how about the other uh, obvious, uh, supposedly obvious avenues of film and television and I've been live theater I've been, and things yeah. like that? Yeah, I've been looking like at that? scripts for ten years. I can't ever yeah. find anything I like, and. Uh, Eventually, I mean, I really want to do it, do a film, so as soon as I find something that's really good, I mean, they're not sending, sending Meryl Streep scripts to me, you know what I mean? So, um, as soon as I find something I really like, I really, I'd like to do it. I mean, I just think it would be, I mean, it's so nuts now, I might as well just go over the edge and just, you know, make myself as fucked up as I possibly can, <laughs> so. If you never, if you don't feel like you're a star now, yeah. uh, was there a time that you felt you were... Pretty hot stuff I think in the beginning when everything yeah. just got so out of control and um, and maybe the reason I is like I said I really backed off because it really was just so overwhelming and I didn't really exactly like it that much I wasn't prepared um, for a lot of the things I wasn't prepared for how everyone was gonna like want a piece all the time you know of your of, every, of you I just you know your name a piece of your clothes I mean it was just like Literally and figuratively, I mean, there were that first year was so hard to deal with, of uh, going from you know nobody to all of a sudden somebody, and um, I didn't like it that much. I didn't like people, you know, always 
you know, talking to me, taking pictures of my house and driving by and calling my name. I mean, it was just a little strange for a girl from uh, Lindenhurst, Long Island. So, uh, and then after that, you know, living with Neil, Neil is very down to earth and totally untouched by all of this. I mean, he does, he, if anybody could care less, it's him. And um, so when you live with somebody like that, you don't really have any time to care about it yourself, you know, because then you feel foolish. So. How do you think you'd, you would deal with rejection if nobody wanted this album? It was hard. I mean, it was hard this last yeah. album. It was hard, a little bit hard to deal with. But like I said, thankfully, I had a lot of other things to be thinking about that were, you know, had a priority. I had a child to raise and things like that, so that helped. But it was a little hard to deal with. I mean, you know, I spent a few days crying and stuff like that, and then I just said, ah, fuck it, what are you going to do? Hey, you know, it comes, it comes and it goes, and hopefully it comes back around. It's got to be cyclical. I mean, you know, and what are you going to do anyway? There's nothing you can do. You can't make them buy it. You can only make it, and if they buy it, great. You can't go out there and buy this record, you know, tell them, beg them to buy it. So it was hard, but, uh, you know, in re now, in retrospect, it doesn't seem like such a big deal, but at the time, it was it was a big deal. You know, I asked Paul McCartney that, who just had a... Oh, sure, I mean, that's like a yeah, I said, you know, you're a Beatle. How does this feel, people? And uh, he says, very, very hard. He says, but... What am I else am I supposed to do? That's right. So I just figure I'll do it better next time. Yeah, That's you can't all. do anything. I mean, you can't crucify yourself no. for um, you're only a human being. And if you make a mistake, you have to just chalk it up to experience and move on. Or you just make yourself crazy, and then you can't work. And that's stupid. I mean, you've got to keep your mind free. And, you know, music and art and everything is not meant to be uh, manufactured. You know, everybody knows how to do it. If everybody knew how to do it exactly, everyone would do it all the time, <laughs> you know? But you can't do that. That's not how it goes. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. So I certainly wouldn't want to do it the other way, knowing, you know, I, if I do this, I get a demographic and this works and blah, 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 you know? I don't think Somebody that would be. Somebody else got to do that. So you yeah. You just go sing. Yeah, you just, you can only hope that what you're doing is cool. The most important thing is you must do what you're, I mean, a lot of, I got a lot of shit for doing Tropico from, you know, management, record company, what are you doing, where are you going? So I have to do this now. I have to do this now. If you want me to do that, I can't. I mean, you can stand on your head. You can't make me sing a record I don't want to make. I need to do this record. If it goes in the toilet, I'm not going to be crying about it. I purposely did it, you know, so. What will it be uh, somewhere in the future that you don't have this part of your life anymore? Uh, music? And for the, yeah, music. I don't know. I mean, I... You have to really let it go as it goes. I mean, you can't... If you spend too much time thinking about what you're going to do, if it doesn't exist anymore, then you spend too much time thinking about what you're going to do. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I, I, can't, I mean, I'm not the type of person to just shrivel up and die. I'm sure I'll do something else, you know. I mean, I'll just move on to something else, you know, and find something else to do. And um, I can't imagine not singing ever, you know. But I, I don't always envision myself doing this. Because I don't know if I'll grow into that type of, you know, mature into that type of person who still wants to do this. And I won't do this any more than the time when I still want to do it. You know, if I don't want to, if I don't feel it and I don't feel right doing it, I'll just move on. I'll like slowly go somewhere else and try to make it work somewhere else. Because I just, you can't fabricate it. You can't make it up. It's got, it's either there or it's not. You know, in all the years when I was singing cabaret music and I wanted to do this so bad. I couldn't find it. I couldn't get it to do it, you know? And uh, and I learned from that that you can't make it happen. It's either got to come out of you or you just got to leave it, you know? So, so I don't know. Thank you.